Hi there. I what was this? That was not supposed to play. Anyways, I'm Nick Herford. This is the one, two, three inning college baseball podcast. The audio you heard at the beginning was the in-stadium announcer from this past year's College Home Run Derby. And if you're like me, it is a must-see event. It's held here in Omaha. It's usually the weekend after the College World Series finishes, so you still got a little bit of the residual College World Series excitement kind of still hanging in the air. And then it's also held in conjunction with the 4th of July. So it'll usually be like the Friday or Saturday before. And uh, they'll have the event, and then afterwards just a big kick-ass fireworks show. But as awesome as the fireworks are, obviously what makes the event so exciting is the home runs. Because who doesn't like home runs? I remember when I was a kid, I would come home from school, and I believe it was on WGN, there was this show called Home Run Derby. And it was a black and white show from the early 60s. Hi there, everybody. I'm Mark Scott saying, welcome to Home Run Derby. And they had like some of the greats of the game back then competing in this home run contest. And I used to just love that show. This week, we have two of the greatest stars in all of baseball, that fence-busting switch hitter, Mickey Mantle, and the wondrous Say Hey Kid, Willie Mays. Yeah, so it had had them on it, and then also uh, Hank Aaron, Ernie Banks, Harmon Killebrew, Duke Snyder, um, pretty much a who's who of people who were playing in the early 60s. Like, everybody except for Ted Williams. And it's crazy to watch it now in retrospect because it is nothing at all like home run derbies are today. Today they're, you know, like the major league one, is it's played by the all-star game and the stadium's full and it's rocking and there's a, like a bunch of money on the line and people are winning houses. And in this, this show, and you should, you should check it out on YouTube, um, it's basically just two dudes swinging at a ball and there's no one else there except for like the crew who's, who's putting on the show. I mean, and... Whoever wins it gets $2,000, and whoever whoever comes in second or the other person gets $1,000. I mean, it's, and obviously inflation is makes that money completely different than it is today, but still, it's just crazy to think that you had Hank Aaron going out there and competing, you know, and hoping that he, he could win 2000 bucks. So I just, I just put that number in an inflation calculator and $2,000 in 1960 would be just over $17,000 today. So that's, can you imagine, you know, Bryce Harper or Mike Trout going out and competing? And if they win, if they get the top prize, you know, they would get, you know, they could, they could buy a Ford Focus. So it's just crazy. It's crazy. So anyhow, I've been going to the College Home Run Derby since its inception. Uh, the first year it was at the old Rosenblatt Stadium, and then since then now it now it's at TD Ameritrade Park, and it's it's a completely different event now than it was ten years ago. At that first the first edition back in Rosenblatt, there was hardly anybody there. Um, if I if I I would guess maybe there was like a thousand people, two thousand people, um, and it was it was, er, I don't want to say it was like sloppy, but it just like it wasn't. It was just kind of a mess. They had, um, as the players were batting, they had all these kids out in the outfield who were like basically shagging flies. I mean, it was just, just a ton of kids out there. And I remember that um, the guy who ended up winning, he hit a blast like out, out towards the outfield and it totally hit this little girl right in the head. And I mean, I think everyone just thought like, oh my God, she's dead. Um, and obviously thankful, thankfully she wasn't. Um, but 
I mean, that, that was just kind of a, a example of how kind of just willy nilly. I don't know how willy nilly is that right. Just it just it just it just wasn't a professional clean cut operation like it is now. But anyhow, um, it and then when they, it moved to TD Ameritrade, they, they didn't get a lot of people there either. And I basically, if I remember right, it may have been free to go in because they just, they just needed to get some numbers so it didn't look so embarrassing on TV. I know for sure that everybody who went got like five dollar voucher so you could get like a hot dog and drink. Um, but now it's it's a big deal and it's shown on ESPN. Well, not ESPN, but one of you know the affiliates. Not prob probably like ESPN two, not like the Ocho or anything like that. So, anyways, prior to this year's event, I went down to the stadium. And I spoke to two of the participants, as well as one of the main guys at um, Intersport, which is the company which produces the event. So the guests for this edition of the 1-2-3 Inning College Baseball Podcast are True Russell, one of the big wigs at Intersport, Griffin Dorshing, he is a slugger from Northern Kentucky University, and he ended up winning the Home Run Derby. And lastly, TJ Collette from Kentucky. Um, he finished third in the contest, and then afterwards, he was a he went on and continued to play in the Cape Cod League and was an all-star. So three really good guests. And that's the order that um, they're going to be played here. So uh, Russell, Dorshing, and then Colette. So without uh, any further ado, here's uh, my conversation with Drew Russell. The College World Home Run Derby, I've been going to it since, was it 2010 was the 2010 first year? 2010 was the first year. It's unbelievable to me how much this event has changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not just the fact that it used to be at Rosenblatt, now it's here, but this has really become a huge event. Mm -hmm. The fact that it's now on ESPN, shown live, like before, I think there was a couple of weeks later. Yep. You got about 20,000 fans as opposed to two. Yep. So I guess kind of tell me a little bit how this whole thing developed and we originally started it in conjunction with TD Ameritrade, who is based locally here and obviously uh, did a naming rights deal with the park. And it was an opportunity for them to have another event here and, and take care of their associates. And we started it in Rosenblatt Stadium, the last year of Rosenblatt Stadium. And, and we really, from top to bottom, we were taking a flyer on it. We've done this stuff before. Our legacy is building events like this. Uh, Intersport is a 30-year-old privately held company out of Chicago. We built the College Slam Duncan three-point championships at the Final Four 30 years ago. That, that was the route for the that organization. Was the for this, and we thought, wow, there's a real opportunity to do this on the baseball side. And we came out, and you're right, I think we had 1,500 people in Rosenblatt Stadium that first year. And at the time, the Royals were still playing there, and they had the, the, the Omaha World Herald had put the uh, official City of Omaha fireworks on and they were gonna it was gonna go away uh, and so I called the Omaha World Herald and said would you like to keep the fireworks going at TD Ameritrade Park and they said we didn't we didn't know there was an opportunity to do that I said yeah we will do that in front of, in uh, conjunction with uh, the Home Run Derby and the next year we had the fireworks and everything here at the Home Run Derby and automatically it was it was an event uh, we did, we were timed by, we were, we were on CBS the first couple of years. Yes, and, that's and right. Was, like, and they showed on like Saturday morning or Sunday, Sunday at like two yeah, or something. Yeah. In the afternoon, it was an hour and yeah. they edit the show together. And, and then ESPN, obviously you see the amount of coverage that they give college baseball. Now it's, it's really growing for them with the SEC network and we'll do even more with the ACC network next year and the coverage that the college world series gets. So they wanted to have this kind of a, 
finish off the season. So yeah, it'll be live again this year. It's probably the, the this is the 10th year of the Home Run Derby. Um, and we were probably, you know, seven or eight years on ESPN. So it's been really fun to watch it grow. And I, I think about the players as well in the selection process that we go through. Yeah, and that was actually the next thing I was going to ask you, is obviously you have all these, you have thousands of players to choose, to, you know, to kind of ask to come here. How, how do you guys decide the, the final half dozen they're going to make it to Omaha? So a couple things. The, we, we, we don't really have access to upperclassmen that have been drafted sure. because they're all yeah. doing their own thing. Uh, and the NCAA does allow us to bring underclassmen in. Uh, and that's really where I, we, we focus our efforts. In the first year, really the first two years, we tried to stick very much to the letter of the law in terms of where people ranked as far yeah. as the number of home runs yeah. hit. And what we found was we were getting some players that were putting up some good stats but didn't have the ability to perform here in TD Ameritrade Park because sure. it's a tough place to hit home runs. Well, and... and, and by that, I remember. I remember when Aaron Judge was here. If I'm not mistaken, that season he had like four. He, I, I mean, it was very few. Run. He was a sophomore at Fresno State. He had three or four home runs, and that was the year we flipped it. After the first two years, we said, "Listen, there, there are. We have to go after guys that have the tools, that have the pedigree of being drafted out of high school, and we don't care how many home runs we hit." Mm-hmm. He's the perfect example because. Mm-hmm. He hardly had any. Nobody knew who he was, and he came out here and won the thing. And obviously, yeah, I remember like I remember going in. You look at the stats, and you're like, "Why is this guy here?" (laughs) And then you see him, and he's a behemoth, and you're like, "I get it." Now I get it. Yeah, I get it. And now you'll see over the course of the past few years. Well, look at the guys we have here this year. They're they're all huge. Yes, I was just talking to Griffin. Yeah, and I'm like, and I had mentioned him. I go, "You look like a Norseman." Yes, I mean, he's just uh, just a monster. So we definitely. Uh, trend towards that and we work closely with ESPN and, and some other partners to kind of give us some lists and there are guys we invite that may not they may not want to do it for certain reasons because they have other obligations sure. or they're getting having an upcoming surgery or something like that but it doesn't matter we always get the guys to perform and, and we especially those first couple years we were a little lean in in the home run department and we shifted like Major League Baseball shifted to the new time yeah. Uh, model. Yeah. And that, that, I mean, I think we hit 190 home runs last year. Yeah. It's, it's. Because it used to be what? The outs? It used to be like outs. The old, like the old home run derby TV Ten show. 10 outs. Yeah. Anything that wasn't yeah. over the fence was an out. So the timing uh, system has, has changed it. And it takes a little bit of the pressure off of these guys. And it's just, this place, well, you, you know, I mean, Omaha is a special place. It's, it's a spe- it's fun to watch those guys come here. And this is the culmination of a lifelong dream. Some of these guys. We've had guys that have played in the College World yeah. Series, and then we've had others that do it because they say, I don't know if I'm ever going to get here. And so it's fun to see them take that all in, and for the community as well, just we've built a tradition here in Omaha. I mean, this is what people do Fourth of July weekend or leading up mm-hmm. to it. So no, that's the thing. You know, I bring my family every year. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like, um, and just like how it was with, with the Omaha Royals and the fireworks. Yeah. That has been such a thing, and if that were to be gone... Um, yeah. yeah, the fire, the downtown I, fireworks are, are a big thing. It is, and I, I just I think about the World Series, and I know there's been talk before they built the new stadium of taking it. You can't. I don't think you could. Do oh, this taking event. it out of here. It, yeah. It's just this is what this place is built for, and it's the perfect size, and it's the perfect market, and and I feel the same way about the about the home run derby as well. Yeah. Have you ever thought about taking someone from 
like a division two or NAIA? Does that ever come up? Yeah, we're totally open to that. Um, we actually, I mentioned the college slam dunk event. We run a, we run a fan vote for the final spot in the, yeah. in the slam dunk event. And it is all guys like that. And AI under the radar type schools, uh, we would definitely be open to that. It just hasn't really materialized yet. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they're out there. No, I, I know there are. And there's probably some really pretty big guys who, yeah. for whatever reason, maybe they couldn't hit the average, yeah. but they still got that yeah. brutish power and yes. could yeah. put on a show and yeah. maybe be a big, you know, fan favorite. Yeah. yeah. You know, the underdogs yeah. always would be. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Bellevue is an NIA team, which is usually pretty good, too. Yeah, but not far from here. Do you do stuff with, with this the Omaha College Baseball Hall of Fame, too? Is that... Yeah, Something we sort of we built that. The first couple years, we just brought some legends in. So I, I will never forget, I grew up in Philadelphia. Um, my childhood idol was Mike Schmidt. We brought in Mike Schmidt and Andre mm-hmm. Dawson mm-hmm. in year one. In year two, we had Bo Jackson come in. And then we thought, hey, let's create something with some more meaning to it versus just bringing those guys in. And, and we created the Omaha College Baseball Hall of Fame. The stipulation being that you had to have played here there's a college baseball, but you had to have yeah. played here in Omaha in order to be a part of that. Uh, and it's been it's been incredible. I mean, we've had everybody from uh, Dave Winfield to um, uh, Will Clark and, and this year Houston Street and Eddie Bain. And sure. It's, it's a fun opportunity for those guys to come back. We'll take them back to the site of Rosenblatt where they have the cool setup. Um, still up there so they can we can do a little photo shoot and they can kind of reminisce. And then, uh, and then we, we bring them back to the stadium. They'll be recognized yeah. tonight, and they'll, they'll usually be a part of the ESPN broadcast. So a really unique opportunity to, to recognize them and, and get them in front of the people where people, people know them. They know those names here. <laughs> Is there any thought of, of getting that beyond just kind of excluding it to Omaha? Because I know that there is a college baseball Hall of Fame, but it seems to have kind of uh, waned in regards to its... Yeah, and I know that... Kyle Peterson and, and some other folks here locally have looked at trying to see if they could bring that. This is kind of the rightful home yeah. a place like that. I think we definitely welcome the opportunity to make make it into, turn it into a physical structure and, and make it something that can be celebrated year round. Um, we've even thought of, hey, how can you, how can we do something with some of the storefronts that are here sure. that are empty during the yeah. series to let people enjoy some of that history during the series. Uh, so that I, I, th- I think long term, those are things that we'd, we'd, we'd like to do. Um, but right now, it's, it's purely to recognize those guys and, and, and give them kind of you know, one last time in front of the, the crowd that appreciates all their accomplishments. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's great. Yeah. I, I wish there were somehow. I wish the other one would have worked out better or you guys, I know, yeah. it's... Um, there's still, I know there's and, a lot and, of... I, and as a physical, I mean, would, would it... I don't know if it'd be able to stay, but at least maybe a traveling museum or something yeah. like you said, where yeah. you could just have something Even for a little bit for the for fans the, for, the, for the during the World Series. I know there's a lot of talk about things here. You had the you had the major league game here for the first time. Yeah, I know there's been talk about having the draft here, uh, and and there's been talk of the, of, a, of a Hall of Fame as well. So that's why I think all of those things together really make this place special over the course of the month of month of June. I agree with Drew 100%. I can't think of anywhere I'd rather be aside from Omaha, Nebraska in the month of June. Um, unless it's a World Cup year, then, then I'd rather be wherever that's being held. Except for, except for this next one. I, I, don't, I don't want to go to Qatar. That, that, that place scares me. 
Next up, a conversation with the man who would take home the college home run derby crown just a few hours later, Griffin Dorshing, the designated hitter for the Northern Kentucky Norse. My name is Griffin Dorshing, and I play baseball at Northern Kentucky University, but I'm originally from a little place right outside Milwaukee, Wisconsin called Greendale. Okay. So I'm from Wisconsin, currently living in Kentucky because that's my new home. How did you get invited to the College Home Run Derby? I, uh, I honestly don't know. <laughs> if I'm being honest, like, um, I've had some success the last two years like when it comes to home runs, but my, my assistant coach, he called me one day. I was like, hey, do you want to do the College Home Run Derby? And I was like, what? Yeah. He's like, the College Home Run Derby? I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to do it. So it just he's like, all right, I'll, I'll let her know. And then ever since then... So you were familiar with the vet before? Yeah, yeah. Okay. To me, a lot of this stuff seems so Omaha-centric. Um, like, college baseball in general. And I'm yeah. and honest to God, aside from the College World Series, base, college baseball doesn't get a lot of play. Okay, yeah. Now, and it's probably similar how it would be in, like, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you move south, it becomes a bigger, bigger deal. Yeah. So it always kind of impresses me and surprises me a little bit when I hear that other people hear of stuff that's going on here. Yeah. Aside from the from like you know the this, this series itself. Yeah, um, I don't know. I've always been like fascinated like by home runs because I've always <laughs> been bigger. So I've always yeah. like, that's always been like my goal is like all right, I like home runs. So let's hit a home run and like so like when other people are like yeah we're we're gonna go hit home runs. I'm like all right, I'll watch it. Like that's cool to me. So I've always just I've always been a fan of like the MLB home run derby. Like I don't even watch that many MLB games if I'm yeah. being honest. But I always watch the derby. I've always watched the college home run derby. Like. I just, I love home runs. Like, honestly, that's, I think it's the coolest, coolest thing in baseball. Sure. No, it is. In in my opinion, at least. Yeah. Yeah. What impresses me, the mindset that you have to have coming in here to be able to have the confidence and the ability to hit home runs with 20,000 people watching you and the fact, and hopefully I'm not psyching you out now. No, no, you're good. You're good. (laughs) And the fact that you're going to be on, you know, national television. Yeah. I mean, do you? Are you concerned at all tonight? I mean, this is something you've been doing for a while. You, yeah. you, once you get that first one, you're going to be good. Um, I just, I don't know. I just think about it like just like another round of BP, I guess. Just like try and think about it that way. Like I for sure will like get out there before it and see everyone and like do all the pre-game, like pre-event stuff. And I'm going to be like, okay, wow, this is, this is a lot of people. But like I'll, I feel like I'll like calm down in time like once I get like – into the situation a little bit in, and I'll be all good. Do you guys know what order you're hitting in yet tonight? Uh, I, I know that I'm hitting fifth you, out of the six. That seems like a good spot. Yeah. That way you don't, you're not, yeah. A lot, I think a lot more pressure on the first person. Oh, yeah. So how did you, how did you become one of the Norse? So um, in Wisconsin, you either play travel baseball or high school baseball because they're both in the summer, and you can't play both. Like The athletics in Wisconsin like doesn't allow that. Okay. So my whole life I chose to play travel ball just because it was better baseball, more exposure, stuff like that. And we ended up coming down to Cincinnati and playing a tournament down here, and we ended up playing at Northern Kentucky. Like, we had a game there. I think this was my junior year, like, going into senior year. And uh, the head coach, Todd Aslan, was at the game. He watched me play. He talked to my coach. He liked the way I played. He offered me. And... I just I enjoyed the field. I I enjoyed him. I enjoyed the coaching staff after my visit, and I was like, this is gonna be a good fit for me. So, you look yeah. Norse. It's a very oh. you have a fit. I mean, it's a very fitting look for <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I mean, if you're looking at it, you're like, okay, that guy, yeah, he's the Norseman. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> the, 
my dad always had tattoos. So as a kid, I was like, man, I really want tattoos. Yeah. My 18th birthday rolled around and I was like, well, I still want tattoos. So let's go do it. And once I got one, I couldn't stop. Sure. So we're slowly making progress. It'll be done. Yeah, it looks good. I mean, whoever's working on your stuff. Thank you. Uh, You're obviously, they're not prison tattoos. No, they're not. I've never been (laughs) to prison. So that's good. Um, Yeah, the guy who does them, his name's Mike. He's from back home. So I he does a lot of my work. He, yeah, I think he's done pretty much everything except for a few here and there. So who's th- who's throwing to you today? Uh, his, his name's Dustin. Dustin Dizzy Dean Payton. He's our pitching coach. Everyone just calls him Diz. Yeah. Or Dizzy. Yeah. Was that a hard selection to make as to who was going to be thrown no. to you? No. I, <laughs> I, don't get me wrong. Like I love Pat. I love Dizzy. I love Todd. Um, Todd doesn't really throw BP to us, but Pat just had shoulder surgery. So he can't he can't throw right now. He's down. So we had one option, and it was Dizzy. Yeah. But like I love Dizzy's BP, so it should be all good. And so you're playing what, in the Northwoods this summer. I am playing in the Northwoods this summer. And how's that? How tell me about like I guess that experience. I mean, how does someone become? How do you get choose where you're going to play over the summer? Mainly like teams like summer teams will just like reach out to coaches, and then you like have like one or two to choose from, and then you pick. But um, I'm I'm from Wisconsin, so the Northwoods is real close. Sure. It's all up there. Yeah. So they reached out to my coach, and I was like, yeah, it's like 30 minutes from my house for sure. So I went up there, went back home. So I live at home, just got to make a little bit longer of a drive to the field every day, but I don't really mind. But it is a grind. It is a grind. We play every single day. We, we just we started May 28th, and our, we just had our first off day on June 24th. Yeah. Played every day. But I love it. I love the grind. I think it's, it's very enjoyable, especially when you're with a good team and with a and, bunch of good guys. And who are you playing for? The Lakeshore Chinooks. What is a chinook? Is that a fish? It's a fish. Yeah, okay. it's like a it's like a salmon. I think. Been Omaha before? Probably nope. not. It's the first time. You know, it's not always this humid. Oh my god! <laughs> it is unreal. Like this morning, I woke up and it was like, what is going on? Yeah, I'm sweating like trying to get breakfast. No, I feel so sorry for you guys. And um, uh, the, during the College World Series, which usually gets pretty humid. Yeah, it was actually pretty nice. It's only these last couple days where it's just. It's dragon's breath out there. It's supposed to be 95 at seven tonight at start time. Yeah, so it's crazy. I, I'm concerned because I think a lot of a lot of this is power is going is obviously critical yeah. to be able to hit it, but endurance is going to be another oh, thing. Oh yeah. So four minutes is a long time. Yeah, it is. Like, I mean, when you're sitting in class and you're like, oh, I got four minutes left. That's not that long. <laughs> but when you're out here and you're like, I have to swing for four minutes straight. You're like, yeah. Wow, that's that's a decent amount of time. All right, and you're a right-hander. I am. Nothing, nothing gets the crowd more pumped than when you can rip one off the scoreboard. But yeah, yeah, unfortunately, I'm hoping that's... to just like put, put one up. I did it just earlier. Um, hopefully, I can put one like up on the concourse or like if I can really get into yeah, one and yeah, put it on the building, yeah. maybe that'll that'll get the people going. Maybe how... one to dead center that'll get them too. Yeah, how are you enjoying the the uh, the bat? I love it. Oh my goodness, it's like a trampoline. It's unreal. I I definitely see why they moved away from them, especially with like. The way that like baseballs progressed, like yeah. and how like launch angle and everything has become so big, like and exit velocities, like if we didn't get rid of these, people would be getting like hurt. Well, I know it. Um, you know, like last year, I had my kids with me, and they wanted to go just you know in the stands and try to get some of the yeah, balls. Yeah, it's like holy and just watching th- those were lasers out there. It's unreal. And I'm like, you know, no, come back. Yeah. So I can't I, even imagine being a pitcher, you our third base, just you know, and just having these. Bullets just shot at Yeah, Diz, Dizzy was making jokes that he's trying to saw me off, like throw me inside <laughs> so that I don't hit it at the screen and it goes yeah. through yeah. and kills him. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> that's what he's, that's funny. 
All right. Yeah. Do you have? Is there anyone else come down with you? Um, actually, my head coach, Todd, um, Pat, our other assistant coach, Dizzy, are here, and then my mom, my dad, my little brother. Oh, good. So you got a whole friend, and then my be- one of my best friends at school, and his dad came down. So good. We got a got a nice fan base here. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Well, Griffin's friends and family got their money's worth out of their trip to Omaha. That's for sure. They saw him out slug old Mrs. Tyler Keenan, twenty to fifteen in the final round to take home the trophy. Coming in third in the contest was T.J. Collette from Kentucky. An interview with him closes out. This edition of the One Two Three Inning College Baseball Podcast. I'm TJ Collette. I go to the University of Kentucky. Um, I'm a DH slash first baseman. Um, I like hitting home runs, so I'm happy I'm here. <laughs> so how do how does someone even get involved in being selected to come here? Honestly. I've thanked Matt May, our social media coordinator, like 50 times ever since we got here because last fall, even like probably a year ago, I just kept on telling him, I was like, I want to do the College Home Run Derby. Like, it's like something I've got on my bucket list. I've always wanted to do it. And then so eventually, he remembered that he had some emails from when Tristan Pompey yeah. did it two years ago. So he still had like the people who were doing it. So he t- shot him an email, pretty much just boosted me as much as he could hyped me up, made me seem awesome. And uh, about three weeks ago, we got an email back saying that I made it. Sure. So, yeah. So you said you've been, you've been wanting to do it. So how, like, how are we even familiar that there was one? Actually, just growing up, I remember watching the College Home Run Derby whenever, or the College World Series whenever I could. And then I'd always see advertisements for the College Home Run Derby. So I've watched probably the last three or four that were like aired or whatever. Yeah. And ever since I saw that that was a thing, because at first I never knew it was even a thing for college players, I was like, I want to do that. The stress, I would think, of being in a home run derby and the fact that, I mean, you go out there right now and you look outside and the, the stands are empty, uh-huh. but they're going to be pretty chock full by the end yeah. of the night. I mean, it's just probably going to be at least 20,000 people out yeah. there. Plus, you're going to be on ESPN, too. That's got to be somewhat nerve-wracking, doesn't it? I mean, there's, all, there's, there's always like the voice in the back of your head that's reminding you that there's a lot of people watching, but it sounds cliche, but as soon as you start swinging, you kind of forget. You're more focused on the ball and hitting it far than everybody watching. When you first step out on the field, it's going to be cool, and maybe some butterflies are going to be going, but once you get in the box and start hitting, it kind of all disappears. It's kind of weird how that happens. Do you, do you swing differently when you're going for the home runs? Is this going to, be, is this going to mess up your game? Because I know you're in the middle of the yeah, summer season, uh-huh. too. That's actually my head coach back in Brewster was messing uh, with me about it. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm going to try to not change my swing too much. If anything, I'll try to swing softer. Because we're using the old bats, oh yeah, the major yes. league balls, yeah, and like it's a lot of swing. So I might try to swing softer and see if I could like last longer. How much more pop do you notice on these older bats? I mean, it's actually an unreal amount. Is it <laughs> really? We, like we just went out and took a couple of swings uh, for some of like the ESPN video stuff. In my first swing, like literally, like swung like fifty percent, barely swung, and the ball was a home run. I was like. Wow, I haven't yeah. used one of these bats before. It's pretty, pretty amazing. No, so it's almost like cheating. <laughs> yeah, because I was. Yeah, that was a big thing when the when the state when the series moved down here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was basically at the same time when they switched the 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 bats. bats. Uh-huh. So like no one was hitting home runs, and it was just kind of like, oh my gosh, uh-huh. bring you the know? old bats back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need home and runs. then when they said they were going to have a home run derby here, it was like ah, someone's going to win with like what two? Do you think the balls make a difference too? Yeah, because I think we're hitting major league balls with the low laces. 
Um, I don't know what's the bigger difference, but all I know is that the ball that I hit went pretty far for not swinging too hard. So I'm sure it's a combination of both that hopefully the six of us will be able to put on a pretty good show for yeah. everybody there. Now, you know, traditionally, it seems like whenever I've been watching, and you've probably noticed it yourself, it seems like all the competitors get pretty excited when when the when someone else hits a home run. Uh-huh. You're, yeah. you're going to be faking that, though, right? You want to win. I mean, obviously, I think we all want to win, but, like again, it's going to sound cliche. Like, even just getting here, like, the six of us being here is already pretty much winning. Like, top six guys in the country are hitting home runs. Yeah. Like, and we all genuinely love home runs so much that, like, even I love watching people hit them. So, like, seeing people hit, like, if I see the furthest home run, Tonight, I'm going to get pumped up because it's awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, but when it comes down to it, we'll be rooting for each other, but we'll also be wanting to win. There's six of you here, and basically they asked me who I wanted to speak to. I said, TJ, and I said, the reason why, and this is it's because you're from Terre Haute? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'd been to Terre Haute a couple times, and the one thing that I remember more than anything is the fact that they there's a place that sells square donuts. Oh, my God. Are those still a thing? They've always been a thing ever since I was I've been a kid. It's like any weekend that like I'd have buddies over to the house when I was a kid, like my parents knew the next morning as soon as we woke up that square donuts would be on the table. They're the best donuts in the world. Yeah, are there? Have you heard of them? Are they outside of there? Um, there's I think there might be one in Bloomington, Indiana, and maybe Brazil, Indiana. But other yeah. than that, I think it's pretty local, and everybody just adores them. Do you know what Hall of Famer is buried in Terre Haute? Um, actually, no. I don't. Oh. So there's an old Cubs pitcher named Mordecai Three Finger Brown. Oh, no, 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 I knew that. Oh, okay. Because he, he actually played on some, like, I don't know if it was minor league team or independent ball club before he made it to the bigs. Yeah. Called the Terre Haute Huts, and he was one of their pitchers. And we yeah. actually have a sign in my house with the, oh, Terre, really? with the Terre Haute Huts team. And yeah. And one of them was him. Yeah, so what brought you to Kentucky? Um, I mean, it was, since I was a kid, it was a dream of mine to play baseball in the SEC. And uh, just through the recruiting process, I found my fit. Fell in love with it, and then decided to go there. So, and it was and it was really close to home. I have a big, big family, so yeah. they could come watch me a lot. Hopefully, you guys will be able to come up here, and you'll get to visit again. Yeah, I'm excited for my last year at Kentucky. Got one more year to do something cool, so I'm looking forward to it. Who's who's throwing to you today? And how did oh. you and how did you pick who's gonna you know well, throw? My dad's throwing to me, and it was a pretty easy decision because he's the guy that's thrown the most baseball, t- like by far, out of anybody. He's known more to me than anybody, so. So he knows where and to put him. Knows exactly where to put him, and just overall, no matter what happens, it's going to be an amazing experience that both of us will never forget. And that is great. Yeah, it'll be so much fun no matter what. Well, that's it for this edition of the One Two Three Inning College Baseball Podcast. My sincere thanks to Drew Russell from Intersport, Griffin Dorshing from Northern Kentucky, and T.J. Collette from Kentucky. If you're liking what you're hearing so far on this podcast, please reach out and let me know. He has a delicious, sexy voice. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, well, that's appreciated. Um, okay. Um, but if you do have any uh, comments regarding the content, you can reach out to me personally and on Twitter. That's probably the best place. Um, my handle is underscore Ephus Pitch, and the podcast has its own account as well. It's 123inningpod. Again, thanks for listening. There's a high drive to center. Goodbye.